fine. You can get right to them. <coughs> Last week, I gave you a slight introduction of the, the 12 minor apostles that we were, would be studying. Hosea has 14 chapters, but they're not very long. So one, some Sunday night, we may do two chapters in one night because they're not very long. Uh, chapter 1 is uh, 11 verses. Chapter 2 is probably is 23. Chapter 3 is like five verses. So we will probably go through this pretty quick as we get to these chapters. Uh, we, I explained to you last week that the, they're called the minor prophets that we'll be looking at, not because they were unimportant, but they were just as important as the major prophets. But they were called minor prophets because of the size of the letters or the size of the books. <clears throat> Anybody name me the four major prophets? <laughs> Ezekiel and Daniel. Those are the four major. And then we have our 12 minor, which is what we're going to be looking into. <clears throat> As we start in Hosea, we have to understand that the kingdom of Israel had been divided by now. Uh, there was a southern kingdom and a northern kingdom. Uh, the northern kingdom was Israel, uh, was called Israel, and the northern kingdom was Judah. Uh, anybody understand why they were divided? Kind of like the United States gets divided sometimes. Taxes. <laughs> they were divided because of taxes. Solomon died, his son Rehoboam took over his reign as the king of Israel. And 11 of the 12 tribes of Israel decided they were getting too much tax burdens on them. So they decided to protest. Okay? And so they did, and they, so they went to Rehoboam, Rehoboam and asked him to relieve some of that pressure. And he said no. So 11 of the tribes decided they were going to leave and divide themselves and run their own country. And Judah was left all by itself. Uh, Judah is where Jerusalem is. Uh, the other 11 decided that they weren't going to worship in their temple anymore in Israel or in Ju Jerusalem. They decided they weren't going to follow those lines of, uh, uh, that had been given to them by God, it come down basically that they decided they weren't going to worship God anymore. It, it was basically that. And so they, divided, they decided to divide and, and separate. So we, we end up with our, our, in our, our uh, picture that we will see, our overall picture, we're going to see a northern kingdom and a lower kingdom, southern kingdom of Judah, or of Israel, Judah and the other 11, which is called Israel. But we start in chapter 1 of Hosea. Hosea was one of the minor prophets. He wasn't the first minor prophet, but he is in line in the books, according to the Jewish books, and so our Bible uh, follows along with that. But he says in chapter 1 in Hosea, he says, The word of the Lord came, that came unto Hosea, the son of Bere, <coughs> in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jehovah, the son of Joash, king of Israel, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom 
departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of uh, Dibalim, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. For yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come to pass at, at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, Call her name Loruhahim. I think. I guess that's how best I can say. Um, For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them for the Lord their God and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lohruhahim, Ma, or Rumah, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, Call his name Loami, for he, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered, or measured, nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. <coughs> we know the book of Hosea was written by Hosea, but that's about all we know of him, other than his father was a man called Bere. Uh, we do know that he was of the tribe of Reuben, and that his name means salvation. So Hosea was picked by God to to bring a message to uh, Israel. Um, The theme of this is is basically God's love. Hosea brings that to them. Hosea's name means salvation or the Lord saves. Hosea began his ministry about the year 753 up until 725 B.C. He was uh, just short or just started just before Jehoram II uh, died. So, uh, and Jehoram II had brought great guidance to Israel. He, he, was a, he was a good king, and he brought prosperity to them. Uh, they, got, uh, they had crops growing, and everything was doing good. But in the same time, he also brought corruption. Uh, he brought idolatry. He brought spiritual bankruptcy. He basically was destroying the spiritual part of the country while he was building up the economical part of it. Uh, Twenty years after Jehoram died, it says that anarchy started in. They started having, you know, everybody was fighting everybody. And 20 years after he died, then uh, Assyria took over Israel. So they were attacked and they took over. So between the years 753 B.C. and 725 B.C., Hosea began his ministry as a prophet. Um, uh, things weren't much better in the southern part, in Judah. They, too, under Uzziah, uh, he, uh, for a sin that he had committed, if you read over in Second Chronicles 26, uh, God struck him with leprosy. 
So we get a picture of what's going on in this. And uh, when Jotham took over uh, after uh, Uzziah, uh, he brought in the practice of idolatry. He started bringing in the, that stuff. And then Hayaz come in, and Hayaz brought in more idolatry. And so it just basically, Israel and Judah both started going downhill. The people of Israel who had professed to be God's people have now turned to idolatry. They turned to, as he says in here, wardom. Uh, Hosea is a... Um, it's a true story. We have uh, manuscripts from that era, partial manuscripts. So Hosea was real, and his life was real. And God told him to go and take a wife of wardom. Now, some believe that she was a pure wife. She was clean when he took her. But God knew that she was going to turn her ways toward the world. And that could be one of the ideas. We're not sure but he says to take her. We all know, that as we read the story, she's going to go out and start becoming a lady of the night. She's going to have multiple lovers. The story of Hosea is a contrast to God's dealing with Israel. Uh, he will use this as a, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? A, um, huh? An example, or, or what's, what's the word? I'm looking for another word. Uh, an allegory? Allergy? Whatever it is. Anyway, it's a story of him, but it contrasts with what God is doing, okay, with, with Israel and Judah. And so when he talks about taking a wife, if we look at this, and we, if we study this out, Hosea is taking the position as God, okay, as we, as we study this. He will be in the picture of God. And his wife, Gomer, it says she, he took the wife, uh, the lady of Gomer, the daughter of Delahim. He took Gomer, and Gomer means, um, where's my notes? I don't even have my notes. What did I do with it? I had that. What is it? Okay, here we go. Uh, Gomer means completion. So you, you, you look at their names and you think, well, here's Hosea, which means salvation, and Gomer, who means complete, but she is not a perfect wife. She starts to go out and uh, uh, have other lovers. Uh, uh, she starts whoring herself out, and uh, they have several definitions for that. Uh, some say that uh, she may have been one of the prophetesses that were in the temple, that were used for, you know, uh, certain rituals. <laughs> Don't want to get too deep into that, but uh, some said she may even be a, like today, a liberated woman. You know, my body, my choice, right? You know, that's what some say. Some say she was a modern humanist uh, of that time. So, you know, she was, she was out. She was one of the the women who just like to go out and have fun. But before she starts that, as, as we can see, she has a son by uh, uh, Hosea, um, and he calls her, his son, right? It's a daughter, yeah. And calls himself Jezreel. God told him to call Jezreel. 
what gets me about this is why God would call this, this, this man, he, he's a young man, he's single, he's a godly man, he's a prophet for God, cause him to go and take a wife that he knows is going to turn evil against him, is, is going to go out and, and, and cheat on him. And, and we, have to, we have to ask ourselves, why would God do that? Well, God is sovereign, and God does what God wants to do. And if God calls somebody to do this, he will do that. So we know Hosea was, a, was an honorable man. He, he believed in God, and he followed in the commandments of God. But he said he took this woman, and it's funny, too, because Diblahim, her father, his name means sweetness. Uh, some have taken that and decided that maybe that meant more of a, uh, of a, uh, a more of a sensual pleasure than just sweetness. So she came from a family that was probably not uh, too good anyway. But anyway, he says he took, she took him, he took her as his wife, and she had a child named Jezreel. Okay. So we're going to look at Jezreel. Jezreel was a place, if you go over to 1 Kings 21, we won't spend much time in it, but 1 Kings 21, and uh, 2 Kings, let's go to 2 Kings 10.30. It'd probably be easier to read. 2 Kings 10.30. It says, And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord of God of Israel. Jehu was a place. uh, Anybody know what his other name is? Megadu. Megadu. Megadu is the battlefield in which the final battle that God will have in Revelation. So Jezreel is a foretaste or a, a foreseen that there will be a mighty battle. And that battle is going to be in Revelation. So Hosea here is prophesying. He is, his life, his, 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 what's going on in his life is going to be a foretaste or foreseen of what's going to happen in Revelations. He's go- there's going to be a great battle. Jezreel was a place, as mentioned in 1 Kings 21 and 2 Kings 10.30. Jezreel has a twofold prophetic meaning. The strength of, kingdom, the strength of the kingdom of Israel was to be broken on the fateful battlefield of Jezreel. The suffering inflicted of the Assyrians there were to be a warning and a foretaste of worse things to come in the time of the siege of the sack of Samaria. God would scatter the ten tribes and sow them among the nations in age-long exile. He's talking about the battle of Armageddon. He's talking about the last battle that will ever take place before God takes control, okay, before Jesus comes back. Now, he named him Jezreel for that purpose. Uh, God wants to use that to show that that battle is going to happen. 
It's a warning. It's a foreseeing or foretelling of that warning. Then she turns around and she has another child. She has a daughter. And God tells Hosea to name her Lo-Ruham-Aha. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. Okay? So he faces here the fact that his wife has gone out and, and has had an affair and now has come back and she now has that. Now, we're not told that these are his kids. Now, we have to assume, I guess you could say, that they may be, but some theologians and some uh, uh, commentators don't believe that they were hers or his, but they were, they were from somebody else. But her name means not or not beloved. So lo, lo ru ham ha means not beloved. That's also the same word used in Romans 9.25 and 1 Peter 2.10. Not my beloved, or not beloved. As a name, that word expressed deep yearning and means she who never knew a father's love or simply unpitied. God is saying, I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel. She is representing that, that name that, or that, that uh, mercy that God says, I, I no longer will have mercy upon them. The Jezreel is, is representing that battle that's going to happen. And this young child here, this young girl, will be basically the, uh, uh, the foresee or the thing that God says to them, to Israel, you're not mine. You're not my beloved child. And it's funny because as we see this, we get into the third child that happened. Hosea accepted these children as his own. Whether they were or not, we're not sure. But he did accept them as his own. And we'll see that here in a minute. <coughs> I, will know, I, will know, I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Jehoboam 1 had provoked God with his installing of worship of Baal, Ashtaroth, and Moloch. Jehu provoked God when he instituted religious reform with calf worship, calf worshiping. And now Jehoboam II provoked God by taking his military successes for granted and continued in the same sense as Jehoboam I. Now we have to get the picture here. Here's Hosea, and he's taking this wife. This wife of his represents Israel. She has been faithful. She is turning away from him. She is going out and having these multiple lovers. Uh, the multiple lovers, as we'll see here in a few minutes, are those idolatries, those sins that the nation of Israel are doing. Okay? So he says, God showed, uh, Jehu provoked God, and now Jehovah comes along. So second, he provokes God, thinking that his military successes were his doing, not God. His whole point in, in, in Hosea is to see that God is still sovereign. He is the one who's controlling Israel and Judah both. Okay? So he brings him along. But Judah would be spared, he says. He says in verse 7, but I will have mercy upon the house of Judah. He's going to have mercy on Judah. Okay? Even though they have started to turn that way, but he's still going to have mercy on them. Why do you think that is? Well, Judah had, there was Jerusalem, was in that province, 
they had the temple there. Okay, what happens later on? Pastor spoke of it this morning. What happens later on? They start building the walls, right? What do they find? We'll see. They find the law. They start building it back up. <clears throat> and so Hosea is, is showing the future a little bit of what's going to happen. But he's going deeper than that. He goes on, he says, And God will not save them by the bow, nor by the sword, nor by the battle of horses or horsemen. Who's going to save them? God himself. He said, but I'm not going to do it with war. I'm not going to do it with, with these, these items of war. He's basically going to turn around. As we get into chapter 2 and so on, we're going to see that when they come against Judah, that little bitty country that's left all by themselves, they have no power to overthrow their enemies. God does it himself. He literally gets rid of the enemy. Now when she had weaned Lorohama, he con- she conceived again and bare another son. Okay. Then said God, call his name Loami, for ye are not my people. That's what Loami means. It means not my people. You get the picture here of what he's doing? Hosea is representing God. His wife is Israel. And so she has three children, and each one of their names means a particular thing. I'm not going to have pity on them anymore. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to scatter them. There's going to be a battle between them. He goes on to this one here, Loami, he says. Gomer has another child, another son. God calls his name Loami, meaning not my people or no kin to me. Now, you get the picture that she's, she's going out and, and, and playing the field, if you want to say, having all these uh, extra lovers, and she comes back and she has children. Through this whole time, Hosea loves her. He, he speaks of it. He says, I love her. She is, she is it. just like God loves Israel. And one day he will, they will, he, he'll say it here in this prophecy, one day they will come back to him. But that day will be after Armageddon. That's when they will come back to him. Israel will be restored. But he calls him name Lo-Ami, meaning not my people. Knowing his wife and her sinful ways, as Hosea denied being Lo-Ami's father, God announced his determination to deny having any relationship with the apostate Israel. You see how we're going here? We have Hosea, the, the good, the honest, uh, God-fearing man, and he has a wife who is unfaithful, and she's going out, and she's having these affairs, and she's coming back and having children. God says, name them this, Jezreel, uh, the final battle. And then she has the other, Lo-Ruham, what was it? <laughs> can't pronounce it now. Okay? Uh, not mine, or not to be loved. Then the third son she has, Loami, not my kin, not my people. Uh, the nation God loved had repaid his mercy and grace with indifference, contempt, and scorn by embracing false religion and pagan gods. So God had, had gone so far with Israel, and he's saying, I, I, I've loved you, I've taken care of you, I've done all this for you, and you've just repaid me with evil. You've repaid me with sinfulness. And so Hosea is bringing this, this prophecy to them, but they're not listening. 
we go on to look, and, and in this, as we'll see in chapter 2, Hosea did love those children, just like God loves Israel. They may have sinned, or they were part of a sin. Now, it doesn't say that these children were sin, but they came from a sinful mother, and that was Israel. So Israel con- continued to sin, just like Gomer continued to sin and go out, and God says that you will have, there will be a battle at one point. He says, you, you are no longer beloved by me, and you are no longer my people. But by the end of this, this, this book of Hosea, we find out that God, through all his long-suffering, through all his patience with Israel, he will love them. And he will bring them back to him. But it's going to be a while. We spoke last week, you know, uh, when God gave the commandments to Moses and made Israel his people, if you study out the New Testament, especially Romans, you will see that Israel was the chosen people to bring God's salvation to them. But what did they do? They forsake him. They said, no, we're not going to do that. When the Messiah came, when Christ came, what did they do? They mocked him. They killed him. They, 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 they said, he, he's, he's not what we're looking for. See, they were looking for that, that military king to come in and wipe all their enemies out. But Christ was that Messiah. And so when Israel decided, we don't want this, this is not our Messiah, this is not the God of our salvation, God said, okay, that's the way you want it. What did he do? He turned to the Gentiles. He turned to the Gentiles and said, you now will carry my message. You see how it worked? So Israel gave up on him, and he gave up on them for a point, up to a point, and gave Gentiles that pat the word. If, if Israel had done what it I spoke to this last week, if Israel had done what they were supposed to do and followed Christ, followed God in his laws, they would be the people bringing salvation, not the Gentiles. Christ probably would not have even had to die, but they didn't. They forsake him, and so he had to bring them around. He had to give the, the, the message to the Gentiles. There's no biblical prophet had pronounced any doom without what? Bringing salvation to them. And Hosea is no different than any other. He brings doom to them. He tells them that God has had enough of you. you you, You've separated this kingdom that he put together, and you now decide you're not going to do what I ask you to do. You're not going to do what I command you to do. And so I've had enough of you. Now we see that all through the Old Testament, right? Even when Israel was in the, in, in the desert for 40 years, they, they would sin and God would forgive them and they'd walk a few months or years with him and then probably not even days, maybe. And then they would sin again. And then he would forgive them again. And then they would sin again and he'd forgive them. And this is what God does. He's telling through Hosea, he's telling them, he's giving them that, that prophecy They've heard this a hundred times. Hosea tells them. Jeremiah tells them. Isaiah tells them. 
there's going to be a day when you are going to turn your back on God and he's going to turn your back on you. But he still loves you, just like he does here. The biblical prophet ever, no biblical prophet, biblical prophet has ever pronounced only doom. Hosea spoke of a coming day when Israel will be forgiven, cleansed, and restored. Verses 10 and 11. Great shall be the day of Jezreel. This is the, this is the reference to the Battle of Armageddon, which will be fought on the ancient battleground of Jezreel, which is also called Megiddo. We read in Revelation that the Battle of Armageddon is going to be in that valley, the Valley of Megiddo. That's Jezreel. He said they're going to have that final battle. And we have to think about Hosea and, and his life now, he's prophesying this to Israel and telling them, you know, here's what God's saying. And God is showing it through his life. He is, he is representing God. His wife is representing Israel. And what happens to the kids? Kids are representing the individual people. And what is he doing? What is God doing to those individuals? You're not mine. I don't claim you. I have to pity you because you're, 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 you're from a mother who, who does all kinds of sinful things. God is giving a, a picture here of his relationship with Israel and how they reacted. And they continue to react that way. He goes on and, and says, you know, uh, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be seeds of the sand. He promised that to Abraham. He said, it'll be endless. There'll be no way you can count the children of Israel. He said, it shall come to pass, though, that in that place, Jezreel, he's talking about, you're not my people. He said, I will say to them, they are not my people, but I will also say to them, you are the sons of the living God. So he, he gives that prophecy of doom to them. Then he tells them, he said, but you will be one day. One day you will be. What happens to the uh, uh, two witnesses in Revelation? What's their message? Their message is that God is in control. God loves you. God wants you here with him, right? But what happens to them? They kill them as well. All the way up to the end, they will defy God. They will defy. You look at the United States right now. I think about this Every time I listen to the news, I don't listen to the news very often, I don't watch very often, but sometimes I'll catch this and that. What's happening in the news? Just people are just going away from everything, right? There's no longer any respect for religion unless it's, you know, oh, I want to be a Muslim, you know. There's no respect for it. There's no respect for the house of God. There's no... Coming to God, just, you know, God has to call us to him. And you know what? You know, we can probably picture the United States as being Israel. Because we've let so much of the world in to our, not only our country and, and the things that's going on, but into the churches. The churches has no, no power anymore. Unless you're a Roman Catholic, then... They think you have all the power. Okay? They don't have any at all, period. 
<clears throat> but, but this is the way the United States is. We're, we're like Israel. We've turned our faces away from God and started living the life of the world. And God says, you know what? You were not my people. And it may come down one day, maybe soon, maybe a hundred years from now, too. We don't know. It may come down to God says, you know what? That nation right there has just totally forgotten about me, so I don't, I'm just going to leave them to their enemies. We may be taken over by Canada one day. They'll be marching in with a bunch of hockey sticks going, come on, you know. All right? But it's happening. And it was happening here. And this was, this was back in the 700 B.C. But Hosea is, is giving this prophecy. I'm going to read the first two verses of chapter 2 because it will go on into that. He says, Say ye, your brethren Ami, and to your sister Ruhahim, plead with your mother. Plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her wardens out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. God's saying he's talking to us. He's saying, children, you need to talk to your mother. You need to kind of convince her that what she's doing is wrong. There are a lot of Christian Jews. We have, we have a couple of the uh, missionaries uh, to Jerusalem. They're Jews. They go to Jerusalem. They go to the, the Jews, and they, they preach the true gospel to them. They're still going to the wall. The people who are there are still going to the walls and, and praying to the, to the wall and, and to their, their gods. But is God listening to them? Probably not. He has protected them. Now you got you got to remember that. They became a nation again in 1947. And he has protected them ever since. And he will continue to protect them. But just like Gomer, she is committing the sins. And God says, you're not mine. He's trying to give them that message. I think he's saying the same thing to us. Okay? We've forgotten God. We, we've walked away from the things that are the most important. We were talking this morning, Pastor, back here. You know, for several weeks we had back TV didn't work, and a couple of weeks our, our screen didn't work, or our projector didn't work. Didn't bother me. <laughs> and Pastor said the same thing. He said, you know what? I like the old ways. You know, if we didn't have all this electronics, that's fine. Does that have to do anything with our worshiping, our glorifying God? No. Our worshiping and our glorifying God is within ourselves. It's our coming together and worshiping him. And, and I think we've lost a lot of that. I, I, I always tell Brendan, I, I tell Pastor a few times too, I would love to live the time of Charles Spurgeon. I would have loved to live back then with, with Jeremiah Burroughs and, and even up into the early 1900s with Martin David Lloyd-Jones. I mean... These were men who, when they got in the pulpit, they preached the word. They didn't have a bunch of, of microphones and music. And uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, he, 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 I love him. He, he's a great preacher. He, he's, he's right on the mark. He did not like music in his church. You're thinking, huh? They sang hymns. Don't get me wrong. They sang hymns. But they didn't have no organ. They didn't have no piano. They didn't have no drums or guitars or any of that stuff. They sang. 
or you get acapella, is that how you say it? They sang acapella. They sang the hymns just as David would have sang them. But anyway, we, we, we brought all this stuff in. And I think that Hosea here, he, he's telling Israel, here's where you're going to be if you don't turn, if you don't come back to me. And he will bring them back to them, but it's going to be centuries later. We haven't even seen that yet. And it's already been 2,000 years since Christ. But Hosea is going to continue to do this. He's going to continue to plea. If you, if you look at those names of those children, uh, we'll see on later on in chapter 3 that Hosea will now call Loami, Amy. He doesn't use the full thing. He uses Amy. Well, what's the word Amy mean? Mine. Hosea calls them mine. They may not have been his, but he took care of them. Same thing with the other two, with Jezreel. He would call him Jezreel, but he would call uh, Lo, what's her name? Uh, Lo Ruhama, right? Her name meant uh, unbeloved or unloved. He used to call his beloved. Hosea would do that. God loves Israel. He loves his people. He loves his church. We are part of that church. But he also tells us, he said, you know what, we, as long as you commit these sins, he says, I can't help you. He says, I won't help you. He, he says, as a matter of fact, if you continue in this, what's he going to do to us? He's going to leave us to our own. He's going to leave us to do what we want to do, and you know what, we're going to make it worse. That's what's going to happen. We need to get back to this. But we'll, con we'll continue in the verse or chapter 2 next week. Uh, we'll, we'll, he, he continues his, his allegory, I guess that's the word I'm looking for, okay, to continue into this, to, to represent him being God and his wife being Israel and the kids being the individuals of Israel, the people, and so on. And we're going to see how God is going to deal with each part of that. Not just Israel, but with Judah as well, because Judah is starting to turn that way. Any questions? Any comments? Any questions at all? Nope. Okay. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for all that you've helped us with and you've shown us. Father, we just pray and ask that, uh, unlike Israel, we don't want to be cast away. We don't want to be called the unloved. Uh, we want to be called your beloved. We want to be called your faithful servant. Uh, Father, tonight as we go about our, our week and we go leave out of here at this place, we ask for mercy and grace upon us. We ask for protection and guidance from thy spirit. Father, help us in all that we do this week. God, guide us in all things. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you all.